for some of you who do not know who I am, I'm, I am Bill's best-looking brother-in-law. Okay? Ask me and I'll tell you the truth, okay? And I'm honored to be here today to celebrate this ordination with him and with this church. Because I believe God's going to do a lot of great things. You know, we read the scripture a minute ago, and I want to read it again in just a second, okay? But I want to also prepare our hearts, because sometimes the enemy likes to get inside of us, and he likes to tell us different lies and different stories Amen. that are not true, you know? And he likes to tell us the opposite of what God wants us to believe and know. Sometimes we have that heart knowledge of everything but sometimes the head doesn't follow through because we have the lies that are in there and sometimes we have to we have to ask God to come in and remove those from us in here it says and I'll read it one more time then Jesus said unto his disciples we're in Matthew 16 24. Then Jesus said to, unto his disciples, If any man will come after him, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his own life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. First off, I want to go back to that part of it again, okay? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross. And follow yes, me. Yes, yes. Let me tell you, so many of us right now in our heart, we have that burning desire to want to pick up the cross and follow after Christ and deny ourselves. But the moment that we do it, we have an enemy who's behind us, ready to fight us. Because the enemy is not going to be happy or excited at the moment that that takes place. Today, the enemy, the devil, is going to throw a temper tantrum at Lawton Street Baptist Church because Lawton Street Baptist Church wants to move forward in God's will in their life. As they're ordaining Bill here today, they have this vision now where we want to move forward, but the enemy is now saying, how can I trip you up? And that's the first place that he wants to go to. So our hearts have to immediately go to one place, to ourselves. See, it's easy to go to everybody else and look at them. I mean, you look at my family, and I, I mean, I have stories I was going to share about my sister today, but my wife said I could not. Okay. So I, I will spare that because I'm already living in a hotel. But we, it's so easy to sit there and look at somebody else and pick out the wrong and the things that they're doing wrong and what's going on. And it, but it's hard to look at it inside of us first, is it not? Because the person who's tripping us up most is the person standing in our own shoes. I know this to be true. Today, it has been 15 years since I have spoken in a church. Because I've let the enemy come after me. I spent the last 11 years rebuilding my life for God. Fighting the lies inside my head that the enemy has put in there. But I tell you, the problem was the enemy didn't put them in there unwelcomely. He put them in there because I allowed the door to be open. 
I found out a long time ago what you pour into you is what you're going to get out of I wish I could stand up here and tell you a bigger testimony of how great God has worked and all this. And I can. I can sit here and tell you moments in my ministry where I've seen great things happen. I remember as a, as a youth pastor in Indiana, we had a vision right after Columbine had happened. And we got a hold of Justin Woods. He was the first teenage boy who called 911 as Columbine happened. And Justin had bullets flying past him as he ran to the neighbor's house to call for 911. We got a hold of Justin Woods and we flew him to Indianapolis. And I remember we had a church about the size of this uh, that, I, that I worked at exactly the same size as this. And I remember that week we went from school to school presenting Justin Woods and his story. And we were inviting them to Wednesday night to our, our church service to hear the rest of Justin's story. Because we had waiting behind Justin was an evangelist for teenagers who would come behind to share how God could turn that around. But also we, we wanted to help our community as well. Some of the other kids who were maybe struggling with some of the things in there. And I remember as I was going through this, I had a burden for what, I'll be honest, I knew what God wanted. I'm going to tell you, God talked to me and he told me exactly what to do. He said, Mike, I want you to go get every chair that you have in that church. And I want you to fill the aisles as much as you can. And you know what? I obeyed. I did it. And I did it with an excitement of doing it. And I remember God saying to me, Mike, I want you to run a cable all the way down to your basement and set up chairs there now at a TV so that kids can watch the overflow of this as it's happening. And I, I remember having the excitement and the joy inside of me because I wanted to serve God and I was excited about something else. God speaking to my heart, telling me what to do. If you're a deacon here tonight, listen to this. Because one of my deacons came up to me and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready for tonight. He said, listen, we have never had more than 215 people in church. And that was on an Easter Sunday. He said, this is Wednesday night. He's like, you've got too many chairs out. It's going to be a... Too much work afterwards for all of us. He said, I hope you and the teenagers are going to be the ones that put this all away when it's done. And I remember instantly the enemy came inside my head. And discouragement came. The voice of God was gone now. And the enemy, I want you to understand who he used too. He used another child of God. Come and get in my head. And now I've said, man, maybe I should take some of these chairs down. Maybe I should remove a few of these. But I had someone in my life who was a person of, they, they were a voice of truth that said, no, you do what God told you to do. Push forward. Believe in God. God will do the rest. I remember that night. 
just before it was to start. We were about a half hour out. And I looked and there's, it's, it's just like us great Baptists. We were there and nobody was there yet. Hardly a person there. Just a few of our church members. And I am so, me and my wife, we battle with this. My wife believes to be on time is to show up um, five minutes after the time starts. Mine is to get there a half hour ahead of time. If I'm past that, I'm late, you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this. And all of a sudden, a TV crew showed up, and they said, we're with Channel 3 in Indianapolis, and we want to, or 13, and we want to sit down with you, and we want to have an interview with Justin Woods and you, because of what you did in the schools this week. And we're like, great, yes, we'll do that. So we went down into the basement, we got into one of the Sunday school rooms, and we had an interview with the news media there. All of a sudden, I remember a knock on the door. The same deacon who just told me to put those chairs away that we were wasting time, I said, uh, Mike, I need to take you right now. We need you. And I'm like, I'm on TV, you know? <laughs> I look good on TV, okay? You know? And I'm like, he's like, no, we need you now. And I'm like, okay. So I took off. And I remember as we got up to the top of the stairs, he said, I was wrong. And we looked, and outside our door, you saw nothing but cars of teenagers lined for miles who were coming. That day in our church, we had, it was like the old time revivals that they talked about, where they were hanging out the windows wanting to watch and listen. There wasn't a seat in the auditorium whatsoever. We had people in the overflow. Guess what? God spoke to me. And God delivered. Because that's what God does when he speaks to us. Correct? You know what I find amazing is? We sit there and we think that we have to do all this stuff. That God, I'm not, I'm not equipped to do this. Right, Bill? I'm not equipped. Let me tell you something that I learned today. I mean, that I've learned in my journey in this last couple of years. And my pastor has said this over and over. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the equipped. All he needs is for us to be willing to pick up our cross and follow him. Bill can't do it alone. This church has to do it as a team. This church has to do it together. And together, you're going to reach this community for Christ. But your heart has to be willing and ready. You've got to get rid of the lies. And when the enemy comes together, you stand against him. Because God's given you all the power to do it. You just have to be willing to do it. What I like that it says in here, it says that the disciples... It says, for what is a man prophet? Let me go back to the beginning again. It says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. I lost my life 15 years ago. 
because I took my eyes off God. And now today I see a greater God than I've ever seen in my life. I want you to look at picture one here tonight that I brought. In a time when I thought God would never use me again, we started going to a church. And I remember me and my wife, we, we were out of church and they used a friend of mine, Ron Weber, who was in a different state, sent my friend to come get me, who was starting the church. And they came and got us. We started going. I'm not going to tell you about the, the me almost having a heart attack, felt like a heart attack. I ended up in the hospital because we still ran from God because we wanted to isolate. Guess what? It was safer, right? Yeah. God says, deny ourselves. Next thing I know, we God's taking our talents. We're working on the crew with the cameras and the team and on the team there. They were starting a second campus. Second slide. I remember God was telling me, God, I remember God was telling me, trying to speak in my heart, but the enemy was in my head saying, God will never use you again. God was done. I worked at a prison. Blackwater River Correction Facility. I was a guard. And then I became um, a teacher, transitional teacher there. Unknown to me, my church was working on getting inside there to start a church service there. I didn't even know nothing about it until after everything was done. Next thing I know, our church is there. And I got to be on one of the first teams that went in. And got to be in the service. And I remember walking in and the inmates seeing me. I remember the first night. That day I was sitting in my classroom. And I taught transition class. So if you get out of the state of Florida out of prison. You had to come through me to go home. And I remember I was sitting here teaching this class. And this guy. He stood up in my class. Threw a temper tantrum. An adult temper tantrum. Cussed me out in many different ways. And then stormed out of my room. That Sunday he came to church. You see what he got mad about was. I told him there was hope. He said you haven't been where I've been. You don't know what hope is. Don't tell me there's hope that I can have something better. And nobody's going to hire me when I get out of here. He couldn't see past. Who where he was. Because he let the enemy define his identity. And that night when we had church, I remember we gave the salvation message. We saw, how many was it saved? 200? 200 men give their lives to Christ that night in that prison. Amen. And the first one that stood up was that guy there. Yes, yes. How do you know it's real? I don't judge. I don't know. I know this. He ran to my class the next Monday. And he said, did you see me? Did you see me? <laughs> he said, it was real. And he had hope. But God was never going to use me again. A few weeks later, a couple months later, six guys, I was walking through the door, and they walked up to me and they said, hey, we need to talk to you. First off, it's never good when you're in prison and six guys walk up and say, we want to talk to you. Okay? And I was like, I have short man syndrome, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. 
You know? Woo! I got keys. I can buy it. I'll find whatever you want to do, right? And they, they said, can we talk to you over here for a minute? Will you pray for our families? First time I ever prayed for someone in prison. And God started opening the doors. And my classroom became a place every day where men started gathering before the day started and we would have prayer together. But the enemy told me God would never use you again. Next slide. This is one of those men. Worked at a halfway house before I took the prison job. That me and my wife ran into. While out with our church. Giving out clothes to the homeless. That remembered me. Me and my wife prayed with. God was never going to use us again. It was a lie of the devil, right? Woo. Next slide. These these kids here, big city. I say big city. They say what what? And they be quiet and they listen. And it's so great with big city. Can we go to the next slide? I have baptized more people since I've been working in big city than I have my whole ministry. And God is. Done with me. Only if we choose to listen to the lies. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if we'll go to that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That was my life first, 15 years ago. And someone told me, you might as well throw that out the door now. And I did. Because I listened to a lie. When I should have hung on to that verse and cling to it. The enemy got me. No more. The life we choose is a choice. This life as a church is a choice. Moving forward now is a choice. God is equipping you to reach this community for him. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm now reading my Bible with zeal that I've never had before. I used to check off the boxes. Oh, got my devotion done today. Check. I said my prayer today. Check. I said my nice thing to somebody today, check. I did my Christian duties today, check. I went to church, check. But today, I'm not checking off boxes. I'm running to my God. And I'm running to my church. And I'm asking, what can I do for you, God, today? What can I do for my church today? How can I serve you today? I'm running to them because inside of me is a zeal to want to live. That's what he's saying here. When you pick up your cross, you forsake yourself and you want to live again in him. That's where the joy comes from, is wanting to serve God. 
And just be, I'm excited to read my Bible. And I've read it from cover to cover before, and I've never read some of the things I'm reading right now. Amen. Why? Because I'm not checking off a box. I'm having a relationship with God. Amen. I'm sitting in my vehicle driving from Mo from here to Mobile to go sell a bathtub. That's what I do. If you need a bathtub, just see my wife afterwards. We'll get I'm selling bathtubs. Let me tell you something. For two hours, I'm sitting in the car. I was talking to, listen to talk radio and news and all that. I was becoming an angry person. What you pour into yourself is what you become. And now I listen to sermons. I listen to God. Now I talk to God in my car. And I pray for two hours. I finally stopped letting people design for me how to serve God. See, serving God in devotion doesn't mean I get up in the morning and I have to read my devotion right then. Because if I don't, I'm not serving God. I have a different relationship with God than maybe you do. I talk to God all day. I, I, I'm praying to Him all day. And I'm talking to Him. And I'm crying to him. Amen. And when the enemy gets in my voice, you know what, in my head, you know what I do? Out loud, I'll say, enemy, leave. And I'm crazy. I used to think those people were crazy that talk like that. Because we are a little bit. But you know what? I don't want the enemy take place in my house. I don't want him in my head. And then I put on Christian music. And I start pouring into things. I'll put in a message. I'll pour into me something better. I am responsible for what I do. In all my ways, I want to acknowledge Christ. Because I want my path to be His. This is a new day. This is a new dawn for you. You have a chance now. You're looking at things. It's going great here. But man, what can you as an individual do to make it even greater? If each one of us would take up our cross and follow Him and deny ourselves, what more would God do? Thank you.